0: TG and PK in the Morning, proudly presented by Mark Miller Subaru. PK technology. Changing the way we do things. And some people are going to scoff at this, but back to my childhood. The All-Star Game came to San Diego when I was in high school. Which sport? Baseball. Padres got to host it. Maybe I was in junior high, but I think it was in high school. And they opened the stadium watched the All-Stars take batting practice on Monday. Uh-huh. It was the first time they'd ever done that. So no home run derby then? There's no home run derby, there's no celebrity softball games, there's no skill contests, there's nothing. There were players before that, there were players taking BP in an empty stadium. And they were stunned to see a crowd of, I can't remember what it was, 30,000 or something like that. A lot of people showed up. And off that, they started the building momentum. No, it would have been to the stadium they just tore down. (laughs) And off that, they start thinking and building, and and all-star games, not just in baseball, but in every sport, become multi-day events. Flash forward to now, and the Jazz have recently released information that they're going to do something kind of along those lines. And I think some people will roll their eyes, but I don't think you should roll your eyes. I think they're on to something here.
1: Big time. Absolutely big time. Go ahead.
0: So they're going to zoom a practice. Now, is it a real practice? And once you put a camera on it, do you change the behavior? Probably. <laughs> Does it look like other practices? Probably not. Is the coach going to be careful with what he says and what exactly they work on while the camera is on? Probably. But I think the danger with all sports is they're getting further and further removed from the consumer. And the bond, the feel good, isn't what it was. It's big business and money changes stuff the same way cameras change stuff. Anything that a team tries, even if it fails, but if they try because they're trying to bring their fans and make a connection, it's worth a try. Going back to our couple segments ago, that on booing, fans don't feel the connection. It becomes much more transactional. We had a bunch of people on Facebook and Twitter saying, Oh, yeah, they're making a lot of money off NIL. They're making money. They can be booed. It becomes much more transactional. I give you money. Entertain me now. Entertain me. That's what sports are. That's not really the vibe we're going for when we go into a stadium. If that's the vibe going in, something's already out of kilter. Hey, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to see this game. Maybe somebody will do something I haven't seen before. Well, wow me.
1: Yeah, I think in the football sense, it's to don't underestimate the simple bonding with
0: the people you go with. Yes, football more than mm. other sports. Other sports have that. But that whole tailgate, there's yeah. only 12 college games or 17 NFL games, and the games are usually on a weekend. Obviously not always. It's a family and friends affair, and it's yes. an all-day deal. Yep. And so that's, that's... The way a Wednesday night baseball or basketball game can't be. Right. you got
1: to go to work. It's, it's a great experience, particularly when you get uh, an opportunity or this time of year when the weather's sensational. The weather's good,
0: and you get to hang out yeah, with people.
1: That's fun. The game isn't completely and totally a byproduct, but to an extent it is. Certainly the tailgating and the hanging out People go up Friday nights or Saturday, early morning, depending on when the game starts, to set themselves up. And they do all, and they've been doing it for years, and they look forward to it. It's like I told you BYU, Utah State, Friday before church conference. It just feels right because it's natural. They've been doing it for so many years. That's the way it's supposed to be. And same thing here with the home games and all that stuff. And it's a lot of fun. The NBA has a different thing in that way with uh, the weeknight games and so forth. Uh, but you will see as the playoffs come out on the plaza here in which the building in which we're in at Vivint, you'll see folks milling around and all. And that's a lot of fun, too, at that point when we get to there in a few uh, several months in the spring. Uh, but for the Jazz to Zoom this practice, I think it's a genius idea on a couple levels. Here you've got COVID now, too, and it's still out there, obviously, and still very much a factor in day-to-day life. And so that takes away, because they used to have a live practice so I don't know if this is a substitute for an open practice, mm-hmm. I should say, uh, that uh, people can go to does this just take the place of that, and they're going to be doing that. And I'm sure they'll have some stuff within the Zoom, and they're going to have 50,000. And uh, I don't really know how it works specifically, if it's a first-come, 1st first serve type thing. But my guess is they'll have many, many thousands of people, if not the entire 50,000, who will want to take – Uh, a look to see how it's going. Is it going to be at the arena? I'd actually like it at the practice field, or field, the practice facility, I mean, because a lot of people haven't been there. We've been there a million times. Everybody's been to the arena, and if you haven't been to the arena, you've seen it on television. Well, they don't have anything that's on television at the practice site, so give the folks an opportunity to see just literally, physically, what that looks like. And to be able to see that, if you're a hardcore fan, it's like you have these these ballparks, have these tours. A friend of ours that we just spent some time with last weekend, she took her daughter to law school in Boston, and the Sox were out of town. She wanted to see Fenway. Well, she took the tour of Fenway. <laughs> there right? you go. Right. So at least if you can't go to a game, they have tours when the team's not even on t- And actually, I took the tour the morning of the time I went to the ballpark started at 10 o'clock and he had to get it weeks in advance. Right? People want to see that stuff. There was yeah. a time
0: late in his career, Carl had one of his offseason things and offended people. I can't remember exactly what it was. And it's kind of the makeup. He decided to open the arena and he brought a bunch of his memorabilia down. It was a huge hit. People were lined up all the way around the bottom ring, and they were walking. They got to walk out. They had a carpet down on the floor. You got to walk across the free throw line. People waited patiently in line a long time to be a part of that. Oh,
1: yeah. They do baseball. That you're, like If you're a kid, they let you run the bases after a game. Awesome. And uh, then you get to go down there. And, and, you know, for us, been down on fields and whatnot. But for the average fan, and particularly for the fan who doesn't have the big bucks, because they cater to the big bucks people have the big bucks and you can go behind the scenes more for sure. And I know last year they've had some zoom stuff when the team was out on the road uh, with uh, either advertisers or season ticket holders, whatever it might be. In a lot of the cases, they're the same folks. And so they had some interaction there that I was aware of. And here for the average person, which that's the meat and potatoes of the fans, because I would think anyway, most of them are like me, you know, you're, you got a job, you're grateful for the job. Uh, you're making a decent living, but you're not rich. So you don't really have the access, and you can't do anything with that. But for the average fan, then, that's who they are. Get an opportunity, if they have it at the practice site, just to see what it's about. And I applaud them for being innovative, trying to connect. Yeah, it's going to be at the practice facility. And so that would be a lot of fun just to see. The I mean, it's not like it's awesome. It's a, a they got several baskets. I don't know. They got 10 baskets, whatever it might be. Uh, and so to, to take you behind the scenes a little bit, that's the way to go to make that connection. Yeah, for sure. And you got a lot of guys on this team that are personable in that respect. And they can have Mitchell can talk. Conley's about as solid dude as you're going to get. Joe thrives in those situations. <laughs> Joe. You know what I mean? I mean yeah, he's just, I do he's a pig in mud there and Gobert has been interviewed enough and, and especially for someone as a second language I mean he's, he's real good uh, Clarkson have you done this very much yeah a Not lot, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right? Bogdanovich is fine with his English
0: yeah uh, so no bogey can be quite accommodating and personable
1: yeah yeah so he's it's like
0: you say they got a lot of that
1: Right, So get them there. Get the fans. Any form of connection. And, and I think with, with Smith being this, what would you say, uh, tech-savvy minimum, uh, that
0: this is just the start. Good. Because they need something to replace what they had that's just been lost over time. Some by design. Some, some has been orchestrated. Some has just kind of happened as a byproduct of other stuff. You know, you used to kind of get to know the players, newspaper writers, for all the ink-stained wretches who are tough grinders after the truth. And they, they, wrote a lot of, they wrote a lot of features. And you can say they're fluff or whatever, but people like that stuff. There's nothing wrong with it, as long as you're still doing all the other stuff. You know, team goes on a losing streak. Well, you've got to figure out why the team's on a losing streak. But that's been, that's been lost. And then the general interaction around town is way down. You know, you go to a previous generation, people knew Carl Malone because everybody knew he ate lunch at the Judge Cafe. When he was uh, new in town, he wasn't married with kids yet and all that, and he would, as a bachelor, he would just go eat at the Judge Cafe. It was before you and I were here, but we've heard about We've heard the story from a we lot. Had kids. And all the people, well, you're right, in Louisiana, <laughs> um, and all the people who are eating in the Judge, see him coming in, and on some level, they feel like they know him. And they know one thing about his life, where he goes to get lunch. But it's still this connection. And it must have mattered to people because enough people have told you and I. Oh, for sure. The funny thing right, is the more
1: but, you do that, the more freedom you have.
0: I know, right? Because it becomes normal and they don't do and awe and go crazy over you. Right. It's like, well, here comes Carl. It's a game day and he's going to get whatever salad, chicken thing you right, know, always right, got. Right. right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So the more you put but, yourself out there, the more freedom you but, have.
0: But as they build these better practice facilities and they want to help these guys with their diets, all of a sudden the guys are eating... Breakfast and lunch in the facility, they're not eating it out around town. You don't don't see guys the same way. They're in the facility in the morning, and they got film, and whatever time on the training table working on whatever injury at practice, and their individual work. Yeah, that's fine. I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Right, but it's just stuff changes over time, and those connections are lost. you got to find another way to build those connections. They're not going to stop feeding guys lunch over there and turn them out on the town just because that's the way it was done in the 80s. So you need a, a different opportunity for people to connect. And we'll find out how many people are really interested in this practice. And is this something that's going to be repeated, or is it just kind of a one-time deal? Yeah, I remember that time that they, they had me go over and talk to
1: the players, but it wasn't about basketball. Right. That's where I got to know Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them, uh, I would ask a question, and they would swallow their barbecued beef sandwich and then answer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: cuz we did it right over there <laughs> and they were eating and talking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They would uh, they'd eat and we they I wasn't eating, but they were. They were. were. Yeah. Uh, uh and yeah, so they cuz they have the stuff right over there and show that fireplace at the at the end of it to see how and, and there's just a workout room. You know, just uh what? The workout room is just south of the actual gym and just uh I don't I don't know if they're going to do all that. But I would think fans would love that kind of stuff now more than ever uh, because the team's going to be good. You know, how good? They're going to be regular season really good, playoff good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we're still waiting. We're still waiting on that. And we got all fall, summer, and winter. And I guess we don't, maybe a little bit of summer, but uh, fall, There's winter. There's going to be spring. at least
0: six teams in the West that you had figured win 50 yeah. games. And that means at least two of them have to go out in the first round and two two more have to go out in the second round. And because the Jazz have done both of those things, those will probably be considered disappointments if it happens to the Jazz. And
1: I think it's a smart move too, in a sense, to try to create a bond. There's a player here and we don't want to discuss it, but we've already heard about him staying long-term. Right? Might have heard a word or two about that. (laughs) So bond him To them, and them to him, as much as possible. Because we know Stockton got with Hayward and said, you can build a legacy. And John was right. He was 100% right. Because now he's just a vagabond. You went to Boston, you got injured, they got other players. You went to Charlotte. Yeah, you're going to get your 30 mil Uh, a year, but when you're done, what connection are you going to take from it? Not. Whereas if you would have stayed here this whole time,
0: Ty Detmer, you would have had your friggin' jersey he retired. And Ty wasn't taking the offensive coordinator job, but he was getting asked about it because he was coaching high school, was getting successful, and people were connecting the dots. They wanted to connect. I don't know. It's great to have a place to go back where you're loved. He was right. Oh, for sure, he yeah. was right. It is great, even even if Gordon decides, hey, I'm going <clears> to <throat> retire to San Diego because I like 71 got degrees. A house there. Right, he's got a place there, or I'm going back to Indiana to be around there, or wherever, uh, Florida, whatever. It's great to have a place to go back to. Secaucus. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going back
1: to Secaucus. <laughs> Franklin Lakes, then that's a
0: real upscale area. Course, that sounds money. better than Secaucus <laughs> Secaucus I don't. I I saw the sign, but I didn't go there. Secaucus just sounds like warehouses. I don't know. It's very industrial. Franklin Lakes does sound. Might be a nice executive nine there. Think, There's some trees. I know
1: Van Horn lived there. I think Phil Sims lived there. You well, type that's in there. pretty much Lake all
0: you need to. I'll look. I'll look it up in the break. It's big money. DJ and PK, we are joined now by Dr. Justin Johnson. He is with Premier Wave, and uh, you're here talking about ED today. It is a sensitive subject. What would you tell guys that are on the fence about getting this treatment?
2: Well, you know, to follow up with your discussion about making a connection, we're all about helping guys make a connection. So sometimes as you get a little older, you can't quite make that connection as well as you could. We're here to help because we can reverse that and correct that, so you can make the connection you've always wanted to make.
0: <laughs> so you've got a uh, you've got a, a new technology that uh, has improved the results. How does this work?
2: Yeah, so they've taken ten years to develop this, but essentially what it does is it uses acoustic wave therapy, much like the other machine, but in a different way. There's different waveforms. This uses a column waveform, which lets it penetrate deeper. So it penetrates five times as deep as the old treatment modalities. So it gives you more than two times better results. It basically is a quantum leap in technology. It's like going from a dial-up phone to a smartphone, an iPhone 13.
0: So when you talk to your patients, what do you hear about the results? What do they say?
2: Oh, we've had, we've had it for about a month now. We've treated a lot of patients and we've gotten phenomenal results. I've actually been surprised myself because we've had people who had the treatment before with other modalities and not gotten good results and they've gotten results right off the, right off the bat. We've had people within two or three treatments because it's a six treatment series gotten, started to get results right off the bat. So we've been really happy and impressed with the new technology.
0: And you got a special deal for people who call and mention the zone.
2: Yeah, so if they call and mention the zone, uh, 1280 so the zone, they will get $300 off their treatments. But if they also call and say, hey, I've tried this before, haven't gotten the results I wanted, we will give them half off of the treatments because we feel so confident that they'll get good results with our new machine.
0: You can call Premier Wave at 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. And find them online at PremierWave.com. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, thanks. Good
2: talking to you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
3: If Blake Anderson, in his first year at Utah State, beats a top 13-ranked BYU Cougar team in Logan, it would be overly devastating to Provo. And can you think of the chaos that would ensue in Logan? You'll never pay for
2: another lunch or dinner. Oh, my gosh. Cash in cash In year one? In year one against a yeah. 4-0. Oh.
3: Ranked 13th team. There's not a win on his schedule that will do more for him yes. in that city. Could you imagine? Imagine John Hartwell just made this hire, and this guy comes in in his first year, beats Washington State, a Pac-12 team, gets his team to a 3-1 start, and then knocks off his in-state rival. It would be insanely big.
2: Hanson Scotting. weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, in The
3: Zone Sports Network.
0: Lincoln, good morning.
3: Good morning, guys, with all the initials. DJ, PK, ESPN, everything else that's going on. So
1: how are you guys doing today? <laughs> Pretty good, LK. We're good. <laughs> there you go.
3: See? <laughs> DJ it rolls, it just rolls right off. <laughs> DJ, PK, and LK together again. <laughs> all yeah. Here we go. That's all good.
0: <laughs> 3-0. and How long will the dream last? Got a Monday night game coming up with the 2-1 and Chargers. I mean, it's early to say it's a big game, but... It's a division game by two teams are off the good start so it's certainly interesting even if you want don't want to put well, the big game gigantic. label on it
3: gigantic well, I, I do yeah. game 4 Monday night we game got, and... we got gigantic early in the, in the first mm-hmm. month of the season yeah look, look for the most part guys I will say this that even though the Raiders are 3 and 0 they still have a number of holes on both sides of the ball, and all facets of the ball. And they've made a, you know, a few games interesting, way more interesting than they should have been. But uh, the Chargers are a good football team. And I've, I've thought all this season um, that uh, you know, this is probably one of the more competitive, more difficult divisions in all of football. Um, so, I, I, you know, I just figure that these teams are going to beat up on each other, probably take advantage of home field advantage uh, throughout the season. So it, it's going to be a big test for the Raiders coming into to Los Angeles and playing the Chargers.
1: Yeah, the way I look at this from the Raider perspective, I mean, the Chargers are a challenger, but you look at somebody like Carr and Waller, I mean, they're outstanding. I mean, Carr yeah. is just kicking butt. But in that division, you know, we think of Mahomes and Kelsey. Two, right. two players at those positions. So here's a chance on national television, literally no other games going on, as we know, that they can really show the world, hey, this, particularly these two guys, we're just as good, if not better, because it seems like there's a little crack going on with the Chiefs.
3: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm one of those guys, because I lived through it, that believes in the words Super Bowl hangover. I'm not, I, coming into the season, I didn't think the Chiefs were going to be able to make a run this year. I thought the rest of the AFC have caught up with them enough to where the Chiefs might be down. Now I'm not gonna say that they're gonna have like a four and twelve record like I did, uh, when I when I played the year after the Super Bowl, but I think that there's there's a little bit of a bigger chink in the armor, if you will. But that being aside, when it comes to the Chargers and, and playing the game, you know, Gruden, who's typically a conservative coach is going to have his hands full because if he doesn't find a way to Look, the, the running game's not where they want it by week four, at, at any stretch of the imagination. The running game's not there. The offensive line is still a process in work, and the scheme is still a, a work in process, progress, I should say. Um, but it's it, it's not where they want it. So they're going to have to find a way to find other ways to control the time of possession because, for what it's worth, Justin Herbert and this offensive unit for the Chargers has gotten progressively better, and they have weapons, so it's not like you want to Turn the ball over the to begin to a shootout, but it might very well look like one of the old uh, Raider versus Kansas City games over the last couple of years, where it is an offensive shootout.
0: So I'm really over the last few years really bought in the idea that you kind of tiptoed around right there. You alluded to it that a work in progress that's what the NFL is. It was really on full display with the Bucks last year, who were clearly yeah. a better team in November than they were in September, and they were clearly a better team in January than they were in November, and I think this goes against what a lot of fans think. Hey, these guys are pros, they're at the height of their profession, and they go out and do it, but these teams have got to improve. Can winning football in September win later, or even the teams that start off 3-0 and have got to be better in December and January?
3: There was... Um Trying to remember which coach said it, but in my, praying, my playing days, if you win in November, December, you play in January, and so there's a rhythm. Uh, Gruden was always about separating the season in quarters. This is the first quarter. The first four games is the first quarter. Depends on how you come out. Now, right now, the Raiders are sitting in a good situation, being three and zero. They beat three teams that had at least ten wins last year. Uh, two of them were playoff teams. They're going up against another good football team that's always played them well because they're in the division. And you know, I think it is you know no 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 definitive strike against Anthony Lynn, but his coaching staff over the last couple of years just mismanaged the Chargers in closing out games. That's one of the reasons why their record was there, what it was. But with that being said, going forward, they've gotten a rhythm about themselves. They've gotten a rhythm, especially to where they are right now at 2-1. and one. This is going to be a difficult task. One, You know, because it's the Raiders and the Chargers, and they've always been historically challenging towards one another. We've always played challenging games when we played one another. Um, But two, you know, I think the Chargers are playing with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. When you turn on the TV Monday night, you're going to probably see a lot more silver and black in the stands than you are going to see blue and gold. That's to be expected, and now the Chargers, since they're a good football team, really have a point to prove that this is they. They want their spot in L. A., so they're going to be even more motivated playing. So these are the little things that come into game day actions that are going to work, you know, in the, whether in a team's favor or against them. But it, nonetheless, it's it's a game that you get amped for, and it's a game that should be interesting to watch.
1: So you've already said you thought there'd be a little bit of hangover for the Chiefs and they're sitting there at 1 and 2. Broncos are 3 and 0 then. With that in mind and we know the Raiders are 3 and 0, who do you list as the favorite in the division?
3: I'm one of these guys that prove that that wants to say that you don't know what you can do until you prove it and go out there and play against somebody. Um, with that being said, I've come into the season saying that the the Broncos were gonna eventually figure it out. Now I know they didn't play teams that that had winning records last year, so it's really kind of a stretch to see how good their three and O is. But I do believe that the Chargers were a good team since they found Justin Herbert and all the offensive weapons and what they had on defense even before they found Justin Herbert. And I thought the Raiders were going to be competitive. So when you talk about standout in the divisions, the Chiefs are going to be competitive. There's no way that you can discount a good quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in that offense and what they've done. They just have another a, a number of other, other distractions. With that being said, when it comes down to playoff time, I don't expect the Chiefs to win the playoffs. I mean, to to be in the playoffs, I expect them to probably be knocking on the door for a wild card. But in the the interim, the rest of the teams in this division are going to beat up on each other. And I really don't know. I think you know this weekend coming in with the Raiders and the Chargers is going to be a telltale sign of who's probably going to take the initial step to, to to maybe govern the division. But right now, it's really too early to tell.
0: Are there uh, any of the teams at 2-1 uh, and one that really jump out at you? We're not talking about them because they're undefeated, but hey, they, these are pretty good football teams. They lost an early games, so what? I got them circled. They're going to be really good by the end of the year.
3: No, you know what? In all honesty, guys, because my my work with college football as well Mm -hmm. as with the Raiders, I haven't really been able to just sit down and watch a lot of football games. So there's a lot to be missed within the first month of the season. And especially when you come out of preseason, you know, what the Raiders did in preseason I I thought was just – it was just wrong um not playing a lot of their starters and it taking a little bit of a rough start now they're fortunate to be three and there's no doubt about it because this team in my opinion the Raiders still have a lot of flaws that can be exploited and once it comes across a good football team they probably will be exploited um I think they were very fortunate to face the the Ravens the Steelers and the Dolphins who have all had offensive line issues and really had issues at the quarterback position and protecting the quarterback. And, and, you know, the Ravens, without their star running backs and stuff like that, really had to depend on other things or other people uh, coming out the gate. Lamar Jackson, and and they were fortunate enough to win, as well as in Pittsburgh, as well as last week, uh, against, you know, the the Dolphins, uh, because they made that game far more interesting than they had. But um, I still think this team has a lot of flaws. And, and as I said a moment ago, it's going to be it, it, there's going to come a good team and it might be the balance attack for this team that they're facing this, this Monday night that's going to exploit those flaws and really challenge this team to really step up in many other ways that they hadn't expected yet.
0: There's a number of teams in
1: the league that are Owen three and I can safely say, I feel confident in saying those teams suck and they'll, <laughs> they'll continue to suck right right So I got that at Owen three. But I'm really intrigued by teams that are three and O, right? Because I don't know that I can say, well, those teams are going to be great. The Raiders yeah. being the one, Broncos both in the yeah. same division. You got in the in the uh, across the board in the NFC West. The the Rams I think are going to be good. The Cardinals right. are three and O, but I'm not sure. So it's kind of funny in that well, if you're if you're and three, I know you suck, <laughs> but if you're three and I I don't know if you're really good yet. Is that fair? Uh,
3: very fair. Very fair, because you really don't know what to. You know, here's the thing: when you look at somebody like the Broncos, you have to take in consideration that they're playing basically a last place schedule. Yeah, I mean, they're 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 taking on teams. You know, I think it's the Giants, the Jaguars, and who was the other one? But they didn't have, you know had a combined limited number of wins over the last couple of years. So you, you take that in consideration. Okay, it is what it is. But still, the fact that they're three and zero. I've said all along the Broncos were eventually going to figure it out. They were going to get a piece at quarterback, and they've been dibbing and dabbing with Aaron Rodgers and other things, but Teddy Bridgewater has been solid for them. They have weapons on offense. We know about it. They've been a quarterback away of being competitive, and now because of their schedule, they are competitive and up in the upper upper ranks. I don't necessarily think they're as good as their record says, but it is what it is. You have to deal with it when you have to deal with it. And the Raiders have to cross that path when they do, playing them twice this season. Um, as far as other teams go in the National Football League, it's, look, the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did something that no other team has done, especially after winning a Super Bowl. They brought their entire team back, the same team back. They got hot because of their defense in the latter part of last year. And I'm still convinced as much people want to anoint Tom Brady uh, in, this, in this episode that the fact that, you know, he threw three interceptions in an NFC Championship game, they should have won that football game. They, they, they should not have won that football game. It, it's, when you lose a turnover battle, you're not supposed to win games statistically. But because of the defense, they were that much better. That being said, going forward, they still are a strong team. And I think the NFC is competitive. I think that you saw that with the Rams because the moment the Rams got Matthew Stafford, I mean, I put $100 down on 32-1 to 1 odds that they would be in an NFC championship. I said they're going to win the Super Bowl. I said they're going to be in the NFC championship. So they're on the way, and my bet is still good. Um, <laughs> but, but for the most part, you know, it's still up in the air because there have been so many intangibles due to preseason, due to post-COVID uh, from last year, so many intangibles with so many teams that it's still a long season. And promise, I'll promise you guys this, with that 17th game, that's going to have a lot of coaches being try to be creative and smart in how to defend some of their players midway through the season, and you might get people who are sitting down and resting just because they, they, they want to try to protect them for the end of the season.
0: You know, in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 South is not good, but it Mm. might end up being entertaining because there aren't any dominant teams. And if everybody's, you know, getting a B and nobody's getting an A, then, well, (laughs) it's entertaining. There's six games with these four teams head-to-head. It seems like four teams can all make a case. Hey, we might be the team that does it. Why not us? Arizona and Colorado can't make that case, but everybody else has a chance to make a case. Right. With well, that said, UCLA and Arizona State have the first of those six head-to-head matchups. Uh, do you like either team one more than another? Or is this the kind of thing you watch just because, man, I don't know what's going to happen in this game?
3: UCLA. I think UCLA is a team to beat in the South. Now, I think they're, you know, looking at them and watching film on them. They've got some pieces in place. They've made some... Minor mistakes along the way, but things that can be coachable. I think UCLA is is the one who's going to take the South
1: Do you think that if they got behind, they'd be able to play catch up a little bit? Because it seems like they're more of a running team. They've had a couple yeah. of good runners. Yeah. But I'm not sure that DTR. If you could just say, "Boys, get on my back," I'm going to take you home.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think that is it's a great point. I, I and I do think there's some validity to that point. Um, it's but. You know, the thing is, is that overall in the South, I don't see offensive firepower that's going to be able to step it up on a consistent basis to stretch them and really put the panic, push the panic button for them. Uh, DTR is not going to be able to lead them back. I, I think the running game is going to be balanced enough to, to, to keep teams, opposing teams, on their heels.
0: Okay. Obviously, the Utes have had to deal with the ultimate tragedy here, losing two tank, yeah, teammates goodness, yeah. dying within a year. I mean, it's just awful it's just yeah it's brutal I, I'm curious if you went through anything like that in your career if there's any you can draw if you've had that experience anything you can explain or uh, like the rest of us you just you shake your head and you feel awful no, you shake
3: your head I mean it's it really is sad I do believe there's way too much violence in this world um But I also know that, you know, back in my day, we were never told to stay clear of parties or don't hang out and have good times. It just wasn't a senseless meaning to life and death. I mean, you you have a blatant disrespect for life in the world today, and and it's sad. And it, it really, as a parent to three children who are teenagers right now and looking to go to college, you know, I don't. I don't know where to put them at because, let's face it, you know, when parents meet with coaches about potential scholarships for them to go on and try to better themselves, the mindset is that I'm turning my child over to you. I want you to protect them. I want you to to nourish them. I want them to grow under your tutelage. You don't ever expect that you're turning over your child and you're never going to see him again. And... And unfortunately, this is the world that we live in. And so it's hard. You know, my heart and my sentiment goes out to the family, obviously, as well as to the Utah program. I mean, the, the, the tragedies that they have, they've been before, they faced with them uh, over the past year is just senseless and unimaginable in many respects. Um, so it, it really is a, a tragedy in its own.
0: Well, we appreciate your time and your perspective. Thanks for coming on and talking with us, Lincoln, and we will talk to you again next week.
3: The guys with the initials, I appreciate it, guys. Be well. See you next week. <laughs> DJ, PK,
0: and LK, weekly. I was thinking about what he said. I was thinking about this uh,
1: this last earlier in the week. We haven't really talked about it because as much. I don't know what we can add. But, obviously, I'm going to a fair share of house parties. and bars and whatnot, going to NAU and ASU. And never once did I think, oh, somebody's going to have a gun and someone's going to get shot. It just wasn't even on your mindset. It literally never, ever crossed my mind
0: whatsoever that that would happen. In the college community I was in uh, working late shifts at the radio station and there were parties and there were guys... Friends of mine working jobs in food service, you know, pizza places and that kind of stuff. That were working until 11 and midnight. So there were lots of us who were out. Some cases by ourselves. 10, 11, midnight, 1 a.m. And you didn't think anything of it. And nothing ever happened. And it wasn't really on the table or a topic for discussion. And the neighborhood where this happened, kid who carpooled with us, lived maybe 10 houses away from where everything happened last weekend. It's not kind of place where I think what you said where it wasn't even on the radar I don't think it was on anybody's radar in this neighborhood on Friday and yet Saturday night you know they're hearing noises they're hearing pops they're calling the police I don't think it was on their radar either but there it is All right, DJ and PK it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone Greg Rebell is coming up in 15 minutes to talk BYU football stay with us
2: The Big Show Show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, the one and only David Locke. Everywhere I go, what do you think of Rudy Gay and Jared Butler? And I was like, I think about Hassan Whiteside. All those conversations about Butler and Trent Forrest and Eric Pascal, the one that slides my meter of where the Jazz are and who they are is Hassan Whiteside. We were horrendous defensively with Rudy off the floor last year. Like, we actually had a glaring statistical weakness defensively for 14 minutes a night, every night on a team that was the best record in the NBA. If we're, like, above average or even good, because Hassan Whiteside is Seven one with a seven five wingspan.
3: The sun, white side is good. Lights
2: out. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Join Scottie and Ann's from 10 to 2 this Friday. Mountain Supply in Far West, 3142 North. 2000 West, it's the Mountainland Supply, Tool, and Safety Tailgate Party. Save hundreds on tools and safety gear. Grab a burger and a dog at the Tool and Safety Tailgate Party. That's Mountainland Supply at 3142 North, 2000 West, in Far West. So, PK, you got that story you've told us about uh, draft night. Keith Van Horn, you're on the Ute beat for the Watchdog, and you're walking around Charlotte just killing time, and you saw Tim Duncan walking around Charlotte just killing time with a few of his friends that he had uh, taken there for the draft to enjoy the whole experience once in a lifetime. You're only going to be drafted once. Yeah. And as you were walking around, did you ever see a, a little brick building, the Thirsty Beaver Saloon? Did you have any chance walk past that? Yeah, I've chugged a few at the thirsty beaver in my time. You're lying. (laughs) As soon as you go to that tone, it's a total lie. (laughs) That tone, 100% BS. Whatever you say, the exact opposite is true. (laughs) Because it turns out, although most nights, that's just a little neighborhood place and some dude walks down the street from his high apartment complex. Surrounded. Yeah, there's a bunch of high rises surrounded. They won't sell to the developers and want to now apparently it looks like the house from up. But apparently they had a a famous <laughs> famous person just stop by relatively unnoticed. A person with another situation might cause a stampede. This is
1: unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a small little dive place and then it has a little patio out front with those high tables. Uh, that you can see, either stand on or, or you know, sit set way your, high. Set your food or your yeah. drink on him yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> you can go on his Twitter, none other than Mick Jagger. They're on tour. I'm going to see them in Vegas next, Now we're well, uh, first weekend of uh, November at the uh, football stadium. And he was on tour, they're on tour, so he went there to the Thirsty Beaver last night, and he's just hanging out. He's standing he, there leaning on that
0: wooden railing.
1: He posts a picture, and there's people right there, and they don't even know. He's got a cap on that right there. He's just an old guy having one beer
0: by himself. He's freaking Mick Jagger. And there's a dude sitting on a stool with his back to him, talking to his friend about whatever. No idea. are like, Dude. <laughs> Quit talking about the Panthers. Spin around. Mick Jagger is right behind you. But it doesn't look like anybody recognized him. It doesn't. And there's only four or five people in the the photo. I mean, it's a Wednesday Wednesday night. night. It's not the place. It's going to be packed. I know. This is incredible. And these people are all standing there talking like, off to your left. That's Mick Jagger. (laughs) No, it's not, man. I'm not going to look. Oh, that's awesome. Don't play me for the fool. Yeah, that is so awesome. And Mick just... Un- totally under the radar. I'm, he's chilling. Just some, <laughs> just some dude, just some dude getting a drink. DJ and PK, we are doing joined now by Doctor Justin Johnson. He is with Premier Wave, and you've got uh, you've got something to set you apart from other ED clinics. You want to explain what you're doing?
2: Yeah. So we have a new machine that just uh, got FDA approved for the root causes of erectile dysfunction. It took them ten years. The I thing about this machine, it was specifically designed for erectile dysfunction treatment. The other machines, uh, the modalities out there are not. And this, because it was designed for ED treatment, it's so effective, it's at least twice as effective. So it's such a great treatment.
0: So what should a patient expect when they come to your clinic?
2: Yeah, so you know, we do a free consultation to make sure that they're a good candidate, because, while well, the majority of men are good candidates. There are a few that are, you know, if they've had a stroke or whatnot. But once we've determined they're a good candidate, they come in and get a uh, very comfortable environment, well-trained staff. All of our staff has been certified, either as an esthetician or a nurse practitioner or a physician like myself. And then it's six treatments. Which we do two times a week, and it's pretty easy.
0: So which men are the best candidate? I see the, and you hear people you can rule out, but who's really fits for this?
2: Well, you know, that's a good question, and the answer is that any person who really is not feeling like they're getting great results in the bedroom uh, at whatever age, because erectile dysfunction is not just, you know, complete dysfunction. It's a a wide range of uh, results, you know, that starts at sometimes as early as 25. So you feel like you're just not as good as you were or not, not able to achieve the erection you were able to with younger Person, then you should come in because it's a great result. And really, in my mind, it's really the gold standard. I mean, if you're serious about erectile dysfunction, then come see us because we get such good results.
0: And you got a special deal for our listeners.
2: Yeah, so if you mention twelve eighty the zone, we'll give you three hundred dollars off. You know, as an introductory offer to our new machine. But what we're really excited about is, you know, we've had, I know that a lot of people have tried other uh, modalities, not quite and gotten the results they want. So if you you know, come in and show us you've tried it before, we will give you half off of all your treatments because we feel that confident that you'll get a great result.
0: You can call right now, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283, or check them out online at com. Thanks, Doc.
2: Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it.